Can you imagine how grotesque it would be for someone to hang a picture of an electric chair on their living room wall? Or to wear as jewelry a syringe like the one, ones that are used in lethal injection? The absurdity of this type of home decoration and jewelry helps us understand just how far removed we are from the crucifixion. Yet that's exactly what Jesus is calling us to embrace. Jesus is calling us to follow him toward crucifixion, to daily walk towards self-execution. Whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus said, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. In this week's sermon, Kelly preached on Luke 9, 23-24, where Jesus says to his disciples that they must take up their cross daily and carry it in order to follow him. Today we'll be discussing these verses and more. Stay tuned from Glen Ellen Bible Church. I'm Matt Marone. I'm Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady, and this is episode number 170 of The Next Level. One seventy. That's a lot. One seven zero. That's a lot. Yeah. How many and years has it been? Well, it's almost three-ish. We're in. Are we in year four then? Fifty, a hundred, one fifty. Yeah, we're in year four. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Wow. I want to say, I think my first one was around one fifteen-ish, mm. somewhere around. Okay. There. Yeah. Yeah, I've been about a year and a half. Yeah. On. You, you know, it, this is, we're, we're in the uh, worship center. We're on the stage. Uh-huh. All the lights are... On the platform. On the, on the, uh, on the platform. Um, <laughs> Thank all you. Of the, thanks for the correction, Dad. Um, <laughs> all of the uh, the blinds are up and the yes. natural light is in. I, I don't know that I want to go back to my no. office no. to no. do the it next ne- level podcast. It occurred to me. We, we're on the platform so we can be distanced. Distance. We, we right. couldn't do the distance uh-huh. thing in your office. So. That's right. We were all around a little table right. in there. Yeah. And, you know, we were closer together. And so we, right. in order for the social distance thing to happen, we came out here. But this feels, um, it for me, it feels more connected to the church. In yeah. Some, yeah, like sure. I feel like while we're talking, we're in the room. I'm yep. constantly thinking of ch- of our church. Yeah. And yeah. The implications of what I may or may not say. <laughs> right. Stage. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of want to keep it like this. Yeah, even I mean, we... that would be more work for you probably, moving things around if we ever come back indoors. Uh, work for time. Jonathan, that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Heisey does the setup. So Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> he does a great job. He does a great job. Yeah. Um, he enables us to come in on Monday and just get going. So, uh-huh. so that's great. Um, so episode 170 and, uh, let's talk about our Sunday re- review. Yeah. Let's talk about yesterday. There was a lot of people there yesterday. Second service. Mm-hmm. Packed. Yes. Yeah. That's about our max, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. We were like 225. Yeah. 40 wow. some odd kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, first service, plenty of people. It still, yeah. still felt uh, a little on the thin side yeah. from what it has been. I was yeah. wondering if that was, it wasn't like cold. I, think, I don't know. I, I was it was cold. a little chilly. It has to do with the weather. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I think right. people are watching yeah. the weather closely. Mm-hmm. Most of our signups are coming Saturday night as yeah. people tune into the weather mm. and then oh, say, for sure. pick my service. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's our second week in the row to cancel the indoor service just for lack of signups. People don't seem uh, either comfortable coming inside yet or eager to do so uh, because of the mask wearing requirement. So, yeah. But when that reaches uh, a 25 person minimum, 
will will come inside. And uh, it's hard to argue for the value of an inside service when last Sunday was so gorgeous outside. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Masks so. or not or whatever. I just don't know who wants to come no. inside when outside is so beautiful. It is. Seriously. Beautiful. I mean, we haven't even and considered it <laughs> or talked about it, right. I mean, honestly, because yeah. we're like the outdoor service is so great. I mean, we're right. really yeah. enjoying it. It's like a both end. Like, yes, I mm-hmm. don't. I don't. I would prefer mm-hmm. not to wear a mask, but I also would right? prefer to be outside. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the only thing that it feels like we're missing outside from my perspective is just like a, f- a full band, like drums right, and bass right. and having yeah. a bigger sound. And yeah. that's, you know, I, I miss that. But at the same time, like. Yeah. You wouldn't be having it inside anyway either right now, right? Yeah. But I just mean in, in general, okay. I, I'm enjoying being outside in general. Mm-hmm. So let's say this was a year ago, you know. Yeah. Like, we would have had a full band. Yeah. I, yeah, but I but um but, but my point is I would still maybe want to be out yeah once or twice a month outside and worshiping outside it's just because it's fun and it's I just enjoy it. It may be a new norm. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Could be good. Though I will say, bring blankets in your car just oh in my gosh. case. Yeah. Um, cause in the sun it was warm, but right. in the shade, I mean, we were in the shade on worship first, team and yeah. we were freezing. I mean, Kim Dorn had to call her husband to bring a jacket. Mm-hmm. I had to change right before cause we were so cold. Yeah. I the believe shade. they call that a throw. Do they call it a it throw? Was, I don't know what I would have called it. It was a jacket. It was, it was not serape. yet. Serape. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty impressive. I wouldn't I have come little, up with that word. <laughs> I made a little joke when Mark. Kim's husband walked uh-huh. up and gave her, I was like, hey, and gave where's her the sweater. Mine? I was like, where's, up, where's mine? I where's know. Beth's? What's going on? <laughs> Chop liver. Yep. Um, but it was a good service. Mm-hmm. Um, good message. Tough message. Yep. But it seemed like people were in tune with it pretty well. Um, people uh, seem to be listening. Yeah. 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 I actually, I'm looking forward to this podcast because I feel like it was a very practical. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Kelly's looking at me like, Uh-oh. no, I'm not looking forward She's to it. She's going to pin me to the wall here. I'm going to pin you to the wall so I got many times. To say. <laughs> She's got some notes here and pulls out I a scroll. I do. No. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. I've, I've had the privilege of looking at some of the questions ahead of time that have come in, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts yeah. on it, Kelly. And I feel like it was a very practical, sort of poignant, and Hopefully humbling, maybe convicting. It was eye-opening in some ways. So I thought it was a great sermon, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get into some questions, I do want to ask, did did you guys watch any football yesterday? Yeah, a little bit. It was fun. (laughs) Wasn't it great to have football back? It was really nice. On the TV. We had them on both TVs. It was just like... Different games? Different games. Bears (laughs) game on one and and whatever other game. And sometimes Uh we weren't even watching. It was just on. Nice to have in the background. Oh, my gosh. It's great to nap, too. Oh, so good. It's It's perfect napping noise. It's so good. I I couldn't tell if I was asleep or if it was just boring watching Brady and Breeze just put up low numbers. I wouldn't know what a nap is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's unscheduled daytime sleeping. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Never done that, have you? No, uh-uh. I haven't. Um, But we were out doing photo shoots, and it was beautiful. But it was funny because we were at Cantini, and... um, Somebody walked by us. We're Wait a minute. Taking is that how you say that? Uh-huh. Cantini? Yeah. You don't it's not Cantigny? Right? Right, Kelly? Tini. I had no idea. Yeah. I've been calling it Cantigny. And for everyone and listening, you have like not corrected me. And now I'm mad. You're just really nice. <laughs> everyone laughed at you behind <laughs> your back. Sorry, so <laughs> you were at Cantini. And some people walked by us like and stopped our photo shoot to tell us that the bears had made a comeback and I, that we had more. Yeah. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, <laughs> Thank we stopped you. watching. <laughs> Jennifer fell asleep with uh, with our youngest uh-huh. on the couch. He needed a nap anyway, and she's a big Bears fan, so she's mm-hmm. watching the game. She's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, they're coming back. This mm-hmm. is nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. So, so um, yeah. On to questions. Let's get into some questions. Question number one. I am so thankful for what Christ did for us on the cross, but I have to admit that hearing the cross compared to an electric chair or lethal injection was difficult. I've never thought of it that way and wonder if it was a new concept for others. Do you think that the importance of carrying our cross is talked about enough? I can't help to think that the crowd would be thinned a little if the cross were talked about more often. You mean carrying the cross, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. We're talked about more often. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it can be a little convicting. Have y'all heard before uh, electric chair lethal injection? Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but not. I hadn't thought about it in a long time. I think you were laying the groundwork when you brought up Dead Man Walking last week, laying the groundwork for it. Yeah, that's true. Uh Uh-huh. So... I don't think it, I, I'd ever said. I had made some of those comparisons before uh, from the, while preaching, but I, I don't know that I ever said before, imagine someone decorating their home yeah. with a picture of an electric chair. Uh-huh. It just wouldn't happen. No, yeah. it wouldn't. <laughs> or a, the jewelry of a syringe. Uh-huh. Around your, <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought that was actually a really good it, We're just visual. really, we're a long way removed mm-hmm. from what the cross yes. was. Yeah. In the first century, mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to know a little bit more about um, Roman culture. Uh, I, I think I knew that they didn't uh, crucify Romans, mm. but I wanted to dig deeper into that and hear more about just maybe some things that were written or so, like, mm. was it uh, like how racist was it? You know what I mean? Right. Like how certain ethnicities getting mm. hung a lot more than others. And, right, yeah. right. And mm. And was that just across, no Roman citizen across the board ever? Yeah, regardless of um, what they had done. And I don't think women were crucified. Now, I okay. need to go search that. It would be uh-huh. very rare, I think, uh-huh. if it might have been prohibited or just culturally rare. Yeah. Too mm-hmm. grotesque uh, to put a woman through that. Uh, I, don't, I, I think I, mm-hmm. I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. But crucifixion was hyper common or super common. Um, I think that's something we don't hear about in the church that much either. Like we yeah. think of Jesus being the one who was crucified, but actually a lot of people were. Yeah, it was a very common f- execution method. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, imagine walking um, along the road and seeing a crucifixion and you're you're reminded, don't cross the Romans. You mm-hmm. know, it's stay in line. It, it, it's a clear warning. Yeah, it, yeah. Ma- it made me wonder, like, who who is who's seeing that and then being like, no, nah, I don't care. I'm going to commit this crime. I'll be fine. <laughs> right. I'll I mean, be fine. right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but this is a fair point that this question asker brings up. Like, I can't help to think that you know attendance would be a little thinned if I you do, talked th- about this a lot. I think it um, would be thinned uh, if carrying your cross were talked about more. In fact, I just noodling on you know. The what I think about this, I think the absence of a call to carry our cross may be may be the single greatest problem mm. in the American church. Every church has problems. Um, 
Global Bible Church has problems. The broader American church has problems. Other churches on continents, other continents have problems. So every church has its issues. I think the American church suffers from self-indulgence, and I actually mean suffer. We suffer because of self-indulgence, self-focus. The American church could be described as narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the absence of carry your cross um, is weakening our church to a great degree. Mm -hmm. And I, I think people would, because of the culture we live in, they would tire of that message really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was hard to deliver yesterday and it, it was a, it was, you know, I mean, I've delivered difficult messages before, but it just felt so weighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how you're comparing, you're calling it carry your cross, but what you're really saying is like self-denial. So yes. denying yourself yeah. is the same thing as carrying your cross. And yeah, as Americans, we don't deny ourselves much, which yeah. is what no. you're, what you're getting no. at. Yeah. Um, did you find yourself like tampering your message ever? Like, what do you mean by tampering? Like, uh, like toning it down based on who was there. I'm certainly not above that. Uh-huh. Did you? Did it appear? No. I mean, you heard two messages. I right? did. I heard two and a half because I, I came home to my family doing online church. Oh wow! And heard heard like maybe half to three fourths of the sermon again. I I certainly can be encouraged to preach with with greater conviction and boldness mm-hmm. because there are folks listening who are who are responding in a way that is cheering me on mm. we don't get many amens in our culture but and i can be discouraged from from being passionate and, and mm. preaching with conviction by certain um congregant postures i mean it's i'll be honest it's discouraging when someone's sleeping Right. I mean, that doesn't um, energize a speaker Mm -hmm. (laughs) when Mm -hmm. someone's sleeping. And by the same token, I've had people get up and walk out um, in clear protest uh, of what I had to say. Mm. Um, How do you distinguish a clear protest from? They told me later I couldn't take it. (laughs) I couldn't take it anymore. Well, that's fair. (laughs) I was going to ask, did they come back? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you were able to talk it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but did you feel that yesterday? I don't remember, recall that. Yeah. Um, what it's been interesting to preach outdoors and mm-hmm. I, um, I'm aware, you know, the neighbors could be listening and right. the folks downtown, I've been yeah. told I can be heard downtown and, yeah. um, and so I, I want to handle that well. That's some responsibility and mm-hmm. you, you went in a little bit into suburban stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I feel a little bit of now that I'm getting acclimated into being a suburbanite. A suburbanite. <laughs> um, when you call out suburbanites, I get a little bit of a. Oh, you're starting oh, to feel defensive about it. He's talking okay. about it. I love my yard. I spend more money on my yard oh, than most people just, spend on their. Yes. I just bought a case Landscaping's of Landscaping's always on point. <laughs> you know, but um, you but you didn't. I felt like you actually didn't and I didn't know if it was intentional but you didn't go into it too much like you could have stayed there mm-hmm. almost the entire time and talked about yeah. not carrying your cross carrying your cross as a suburbanite yeah. what some right. specific examples are or are yeah. not 
And um, did you listen to my sermon in second service? I got mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, we, I got more into the weeds. <laughs> that was good. And yeah. then the, no, and then I liked the, that. The clock like, went off in the uh-huh. second service. There's the bell. Right? There's the bell. <laughs> yeah, the uh, church Catholic church. Can't ignore it inside. There are eleven outside. o'clock bells starting yeah. to ring. I said, "Well, time is up." So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually do. I um, you did a great job, but I kind of wished you had given more examples yeah. that we could resonate with. I mean, you did yeah. give examples, but yeah. Um, because it can be a little bit of a blurry line. It is. And some of these questions get into it. So mm-hmm. maybe we can press on and and see. I, yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're not going to be that helpful. But yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, let's see. So did we answer question number one? <laughs> we did. Yeah. The, I, mean, we I just, just said, the question was, do we think it'd be th- the church would be thinned a little if we talked about carrying the cross? And I think yeah, it would be. Probably. I think that yeah, well, I in some of the most prophetic ministries historically... Uh, pastors who have some of the most prophetic ministries often have some of the uh, smallest congregations. Mm. A.W. A. Tozer uh, preached for decades on the south side of Chicago. He, in his writings, have been a huge encouragement. He was a prolific yeah. author. They've been a huge encouragement to many generations, but he had a small church. Tiny church. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. many people could sit under his, his ministry. It, it was, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit used him, and he, he mm-hmm. had a... The ability to press on yeah. bruises. Do do mm. you ever when you and I know right now we're expository preaching. We're going through Luke, pretty you know accurately chronologically all those yeah. things, right? Yeah. But do you th- sit and do you ever examine and like a a time period, a chunk, uh, and just say, okay, like man, it's just grace, 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 grace. Oh, Let's talk sure. about some other yeah. stuff. Or yeah. Do you kind of take a, a more of a 20,000-foot view? And I try to be aware of... I've, I've joked before that I had a, a season in my preaching that I refer as to the dark, a dark yes. period mm-hmm. where I was personally discouraged, even uh, depressed. Mm-hmm. And I think it was hard to sit through that season. And it was, when I call it, I think it was three years long. It was a while. It took a while to to move mm-hmm. through that. There was a lot of disappointment here at Glowing Bible Church and the staff. We had s- some staff turnover, staff failure, staff firings, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, it was just a hard season on me personally. Um, and so I try to pay attention to. Um, does my uh, not only my um, content but my posture oh. in presenting the content, is it communicating uh, grace, um, truth, and love? Yeah. Both mm-hmm. both the truth of Scripture and a loving posture. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, and it, it seems to me like you don't, you don't do that from a, a, a place of butts in the seats, but you do it from a place of like presenting the gospel yeah. mm-hmm. to its fullest. Right. You know. Yeah. presentation, right? Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, question number two. How can we tell when, if the Lord is calling us to de- deny ourselves something in particular? Should I not buy a new car? Should I not take a vacation? I'm constantly wondering whether I'm doing what the Lord wants me to be doing. Am I carrying my cross as the Lord would want? Frankly, it exhausts me to constantly be wondering whether I'm doing enough. I appreciated this question. Yeah, totally. I mean, it speaks to a striving. Yeah. You know, we often fall into this striving. I got to be doing better. I've got to be doing more. And that's not what God calls us to. No. It's to listening and to humbling ourselves yeah. and to prayer. 
there's activity mm-hmm. in, in carrying your cross can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. I like the word striving. It's, um, it's like a, it's a, it, for me, it, it connotes it's my energy and, mm-hmm. and I'm accomplishing it rather mm-hmm. than Christ in me helping me carry my cross. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a subtle distinction. Right. Well, and then when you say, how do I know that I'm doing what God's calling me to do? It's listening to the Lord. I, I yeah. can't orchestrate it. But if I'm sitting and listening mm-hmm. and letting God guide me, just thinking of once when our heater went out in November and we felt like God was calling us to wait a little bit and and be without. Mm-hmm. And we had our kids go get firewood every day and we slept by the fire and we, for about a month, went without a heater until we felt like... What month? February? January? It was like November. Oh my god. It was like Thanksgiving time. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we've decided to go without intentionally to feel it. Wow. wow. So I'm curious mm-hmm. with that decision, what, what, was there a financial piece to oh, it? Oh, for or, sure. Or could you have gotten it and it wouldn't have been a big deal, but you right. just decided like, no, let's, let's just be yeah. in this for a minute. Often it's bo- a both a and, both. um, I mean, times where we've, our cars have needed repair and, you know, Kelly and I've talked about this on the podcast before we've been to Cuba together. And there was once, I think it was the trip we were there together. I've been a few times, but the coffee maker broke and they went in the back and prayed over it. And I took that to heart. And so sometimes I will lay hands on my car or appliances and pray over it. And there have been times where then we haven't needed to get it repaired. Um, So sometimes we jump a little too quickly Mm -hmm. into let's make this comfortable and maybe the discomfort yeah. is where we see God really move. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I would love to talk about some terms here cause um, it, it's, and I, I wrote something on the, uh, uh, some thoughts on the last question, but I want to wait till the last question to get to this. Cause um, the idea of taking up your cross and denying yourself, it's all woven through the rest of these questions. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask from this passage um, to kind of define some terms you, do you or do you not see a difference between denying yourself and taking up a cross? Because mm. I do. I, I just want to know what you think. Well, why don't you talk about it a little bit? Let me understand okay. what you're asking so, for. Well, so the, to, take up the cro- to take up one's cross, so let's talk about the, the qualities of the cross, right? The things, the characteristics of the cross. We just talked about it a little while ago. Roman, it was so egregious and horrific mm-hmm. and demeaning yeah, Romans shameful. would not shameful. Right. So ca- carrying one's cross, uh, connotes shame and, um, let me look at what I wrote down shame and suffering mm-hmm. and death. Um, it involves being treated as a criminal. And so I'm just wondering like, okay, if I don't do this vacation or if I don't buy this thing, it sounds a little soft. I, I don't know that like that's what the meaning mm-hmm. is here with yeah. carrying a cross. Now to deny yourself, maybe that could be something a little different. Um, like that could mean I'm going to do this thing for somebody else mm-hmm. instead of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to not spend money here and give up mm-hmm. more. I'm going to, that feels like I'm, I'm dying to myself. I'm giving up myself in a sense, but carrying a cross feels mm-hmm. a little more weighty. It feels a little more like, um, like what, in what class do you put a martyr then? And what class, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When someone's called yeah. to death or when someone's called to persecution to the point of I being shamed. I think something and, fascinating here. I, here's my answer. Yeah. All crosses involve self-denial, but not all self-denial 
involves mm-hmm. a cross. Mm-hmm. There you go. So athletes answer. deny themselves all the time so that they can attain a goal, whether it's to lose weight so they can box at a certain or wrestle at a certain weight. You know, we. Um, so. So all crosses involve self-denial. Yes. Yes. I think we should also be really honest with ourselves. Not all crosses are of the equal are of equal mm-hmm. size and weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, I'll just pick some people out of you know the cross that Billy Graham carried to travel uh, nonstop globally mm-hmm. um, in order to preach the gospel. That's it's not that's I've not been called to carry that cross. In other words, I don't know that I would play down, and we can get into this a little bit. I don't know that I would play down um, what someone, I, I would never say to someone, I'd be really careful, hesitant to say, that's not a cross. Or, in other words, if, if, if you give up a vacation mm-hmm. in order to give that money to a missions agency, um, or we, you know, stop buying shoes. I don't know why I pick on people that like shoes. Stop buying shoes because uh, you only got two feet, so that you can spend more on on mission or whatever it is. We just not everybody's cross is the same. Mm-hmm. Some are weightier. Yeah. Some are more difficult. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think it could for me, be really difficult for someone to not buy that pair of shoes. <laughs> I mean, like that might be like the baby significant, steps. Yeah. That might be wading into the waters. That's another and. As this progresses, I want to say, um, Jesus approached his cross, and it took three years to get there. Mm-hmm. And there was a process, to Beth's point, mm-hmm. to the cross he was ultimately called to carry, yeah. the death, the suffering that he took. Um, it'll be the same in our lives. I am more mature today than I was yesterday and have a greater sense of what I'm to deny and and what I'm tempted, where I'm tempted to indulge, I have a greater sense of that today than I did yesterday. And so I think I have a greater clarity on the cross I'm to be carrying, and I'm doing a better job at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what kind of caused the question for me to um, was is later on in the verse when um, you know Jesus kind of gives a few reasons for why you should deny yourself and mm-hmm. take up your cross, right? And one of them is, he just says, because whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory. So there's this there's this shame element in it. And like what you were saying, all cross-carrying requires self-denial. Not all self-denial requires... Uh, is, is a cross. Cro- is yeah. a cross. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of times where, you know, there's no shame in me giving up X, Y, Z for, for this or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas... There are definitely situations in uh, a follower of Christ's walk where you're going to feel like you're being shamed, like you're being persecuted um, mm-hmm. in a way that that Jesus is talking about here where he says, if you're not ashamed of me, I'm not going to be ashamed of you mm-hmm. in front of my father. All right, so give me something that you think isn't a cross, that's, that's a foo-foo 21st century self-denial, but may not be a cross. Okay, I don't want to say foo-foo at all, because <laughs> I want to give an example that was actually written in to us yeah. on the podcast. Um, so somebody, um, can I read it? And this is question five, but someone wrote, yeah, yeah. wrote in to you, or unless yeah. you want to read it. Why don't you read yeah, it? I'll read it. Okay. Someone wrote to me, uh, one of the things I found, I find that's really hard to do, but 
try my best at is to recognize moments throughout my day that with a simple attitude shift can become cross-carrying moments. Mm. So for example, I have to go to a freshman study hall every Monday and Wednesday night. I could easily go there and sit on my own laptop and worry about what I need to get do and get done. But simply taking a lap around the room every now and then and seeing if someone needs help or something can go along uh, can go a long way. I feel like people so often believe that cross-carrying needs to be this big profound action uh, like sponsoring an orphan uh, or something like that. But just be, by shifting my attitude to being others focused in day-to-day -day little things, we can bear our crosses that way as well. Yeah, so I just don't know if I agree with that. That being the cross that's being talked about in this passage when Jesus says, take up your cross. I don't I, so you'd say this is, while it's a denial of self, it yeah. may not be the shame. And it's good, but yes. I don't, I just don't. feel, there's just this shame element that is hitting me when I read this passage, um, where Jesus is saying, man, if you do this, then I'm going to do this for you in front of the Father. Like, I'm going to, you know, like, if you're not ashamed of me, and so I, I'm attributing that to the, the cross carrying. So in, in an example like this, there's no shame going on. There's no public shame. Right. 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 I'm not. Right. I'm not ashamed of what I'm doing. I'm not being shamed. Like, it's just, but man, I am, I am denying what I want to do. Right. What my flesh, well, this feels yeah. more like I'm dying to my flesh. Yeah. Like I'm not conforming to the things of this world, but. So does, I guess I hadn't thought of before, but, and you bring, you know, you're pressing me, you know, to define what it means uh, with greater clarity to carry the cross. Um, does shame, does public shame have to be involved in every cross-carrying event? And I, I'm, I'm wanting to say no. Self-denial, uh, death to flesh, obedience, service, suffering. Yeah. I don't well, know that I mean, shame I feel like is you integral. said it best five minutes ago when you said um, not all Right. I feel like that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, but you're, you're being more specific. Involved. You're saying, you're actually saying all cross-carrying involves shame, public no, shame. No, 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 I'm not saying. I, well, the cross-carrying that is in this verse, I feel like that's because of the, of the last example that Jesus gives. Yeah, he goes on to offer some clarity. Um, that's what I'm just wondering yeah, if, if that's what, okay, so, you know, you set this whole thing up talking about how, um, how egregious the cross is, and I'm just wondering if we're not... Softening it. If we're softening it. Right, right. In then this particular context. We're also talking about, like, he, you just said, not all crosses are as weighty, you know? So when I look at this, I think they are denying themselves because it would be the easiest option to sit and play on their laptop. And if you look at it with a kingdom mindset those little small interactions with those students may have kingdom fruit to them. So that denial of self, I could just sit here, kind of get my job done. But if I'm taking a lap around the room and actually having some meaningful interactions with students, who knows what the Holy Spirit could do with that? Yeah. So I mean, I'm think, looking at it with a kingdom, like that kingdom mindset, who knows yeah. how God's going to use it. So I guess my question is, um, is maybe more specifically in this passage, is is there a distinction between those two things or, or are they harmoniously going together, mm. um, denying mm -hmm. yourself and taking up a cross? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you're crazy to, to separate them now. There's a self-denial element and there's a cross-carrying mm -hmm. element. 
Um, again, all cross-carrying is going to involve self-denial. I'm a, I'm a little worried that to say that the um, the whole shame notion. If you deny me before if before men, I'll deny you before my father. That if you're ashamed of me before men, right? Um, I'm wrestling with that a little bit. Like and like if 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 I had a conversation with someone and they were like, oh man, yeah, you know, last night was. You know, I was at the study lab and, um, you know, I really just wanted to sit down at my computer and just do my thing. But I decided to get up and walk around and help some people. And, man, I was just carrying my cross. I'd kind of be like, uh, uh, see, here's what I would say. I would oh, say, OK, um, he 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 affirmed what the Lord was calling him to do uh-huh. and was not ashamed of it. But said no to his flesh. Right. And got up and went and did it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's mm-hmm. good. And I'm not saying what they did is bad at all. Right. It's I'm just, clearly self-denial. You're asking, yeah. is it really a cross? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's yeah. good. Well, I actually, interesting, yeah. I think, our church, I think the church in America, particularly in the suburbs, needs to wrestle with, um, are we carrying our crosses? So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mind the discussion yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, well, yeah, question three. How do we... Hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, had, I wanted to distinguish... On on this question, we were oh on question two. Yeah, mm. yeah. How can we tell if or when the Lord's calling us to deny ourselves? I I want to just give some. It's it's we've said it a gazillion times. I, the way we tell whether the Lord's calling us to do something is by reading Scripture. You know the mind of the Father as you as you read His words to to you. Prayer as you're in conversation with Him. And then bouncing it off people you trust, community, and then trial and error. So the, the last part's really important. We need to be in God's word. We need to be praying. I need to be asking friends I trust whether or not they believe God's calling me mm-hmm. to bear a certain cross, to participate in a certain activity. Help me understand this. Am I to deny myself in these activities? whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to I say the trial and error part is really important. We can get paralyzed afraid we're going to make a poor decision. Uh, we, can, we can get paralyzed in, in both doing good things for the wrong reasons and, um, yeah. So it, Paul had something interesting to say in Philippians about pressing forward. And I want to read it for us. He says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anyone, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So there's this activity of the Spirit. This, when Paul's recognizes his imperfection, he's not claiming to be perfect. He's saying, I'm pressing on in life. I'm straining for what lies ahead, this goal, this prize. And everybody who's mature should have this attitude. So this trial and error, um, you know, should I go across the street and share my faith more, more directly with my neighbors? Um, 
well, why not just start by going across the street and talking with your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? And 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 let's see where it goes. Um, you gave that example uh, first service for sure mm. um, about you know if you anything you said if you are out in your neighborhood and you're sharing uh, the gospel and it and you're just rejected, yeah, like that's that's a cross, and that. Because for, for you, that would be shame. And for me, mm-hmm. I, like, that is a cross, man. You are saying, okay. like, you're going to be that person on the block. You're going to be <laughs> willing to be known as the, the Bible beater who's, right. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like, that's a. Yeah, I see that. And you brought up, I thought, a good example for the um, high schoolers in saying getting passed over for a spot wow, on the team. Bottom. And no, I that, thought about, like a cross um, to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, choosing to go to youth group instead of you know, a basketball whatever. practice right. or whatever. Yeah. That, a party or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. It's hard, it was hard for me to imagine the, the varsity basketball example. So just if, in case you haven't heard the sermon yet, if you're listening, the example was if, if say, you're on a varsity basketball team and because of your faith, you, what, you don't get the starting. Right, mm-hmm. you get passed over. You yeah. get passed over even though you're good enough, even yeah. though that's that's kind of what I was yeah. pulling from it. Like yeah. this person is should be starting, but right. because of your faith, mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. It had me thinking like, would that happen in Wheaton? Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Really? Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. I know I mean, people yeah. who feel that has happened to them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because it feels like such a, a Christian bubble out here uh, yeah. from, from a perspective like mine coming from the city and moving yeah. out mm-hmm. here. No. Um, yeah, I know people who the yeah. coaches have said if you go if you go on that that mission trip w- retreat weekend you will not play you will in not, playoffs. You lose your position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a that's a hard place to what? be as a yeah. a Gosh. high school student. Yeah. That feels like one of those moments where you're you're growing up right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're making this decision <laughs> and you are growing. Um, hey, I also want to talk a little bit about when it comes to cross carrying and self denial. Um, everybody's called to say no to the flesh. That's a category of self-denial. Sinful attitudes and actions, we're to, we're to say no to those sinful, it's called crucifying the flesh. Paul talks about those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So there's a category of self-denial or cross-carrying um, that everybody participates in. There's a, also a category which... In, for some people, this is back to where um, different people have different crosses. There are, sometimes there are good things, they're not bad things, that particular people are called to, to deny themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is a category of good things the Lord may be calling us to forego. And that can be a cross, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, you may have a deep longing for marriage. And I gave this example on the recorded version that goes out for home use. You, you may have a deep longing to be married and God's actually calling you to be single. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. not that it's a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this room right now is married uh, and it's it's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. So, But the Lord does call some people to singleness. I, I think of you may have a desire to be uh, a pastor, which is a good thing, and the Lord's actually calling you to be a, a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being a pastor is good. So we have to, again, back to the trial and error. When I, when I was being called, I wanted to do anything but pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. As I was being called to pastoral ministry, it was actually several years of trial and error where I said, 
all right, Lord, I've tried everything else and I'm not enjoying it. I'll, I'll finally try what you want me to try. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to point out to us, Paul actually says that in the Philippians passage, that the, Spirit, the Lord will make it aware, if you have any other attitude besides that of pressing on and straining for maturity, for the goal that lies ahead, the Holy Spirit will make that evident to you. So there's a trial and error here. Is this something I'm to forsake? Is this a, a good desire that I'm to say no to? And then there, there are hard experiences that the Lord calls some people to endure. And I thought I'd just list some of those. They're, yeah. they're actually not good experiences. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the Lord calls us to give up good things for a particular outcome, marriage. He wants us to be single so that we can focus on ministry more or something like that. All right. But then there are hard things the Lord calls us to do. I, you know, on several occasions, the Lord prayed all night. He went without sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced that sleeplessness is a hard experience sleep being a good thing, but the Lord sometimes calls us to forego that, to crucify the flesh so that we can seek him in prayer more. Mm -hmm. We had an all-night prayer vigil here uh, back before the COVID days. I don't, mm -hmm. I remember, you know, this room being full of people that were praying all night long. Mm -hmm. It was encouraging. Um, hunger is a hard experience. The Lord calls some people, although food's a good thing, the Lord calls some to experience hunger. That is through fasting. Uh, rejection, you talked about that a little bit. It's a hard thing. Some, sometimes the Lord's calling us to, to experience rejection, poverty, uh, so that we can be uh, more generous. Uh, let's, we need to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes the Lord calls people to be imprisoned. Mm -hmm. um, we have a missionary in our congregation, Dave Bile, that's been imprisoned. Mm -hmm. um, loneliness. John was the uh, Apostle John was banished to the island of Patmos. I mean, that's not a fun experience. The Lord does call us to hard things. Uh, chronic illness. Mm -hmm. Job had chronic illness, stretched on for years. Um, the Lord allows some to be attacked and abused for their faith. Uh, I think um, I've known missionaries that were hit. John Foster was mugged while he was on the mission field. At knife point, the whole group was. so. And then martyrdom, you mentioned that. So I, I just, I, when I think of crosses, first of all, I, Beth said it earlier, I think of we find the cross we're to bear, bear as we wade into the water through trial and error, through prayer, talking with our family and friends. Do you think this is for me? Is this what the Lord has for me? And it, it evolves, it grows over time. We see it with greater and greater clarity. Mm -hmm. All right. That's good. Mm -hmm. And, and those uh, categories are helpful. Um, okay, question number three. How do we discern whether the humility, suffering, sacrifice, and service we are embracing are about God's kingdom or my kingdom? These are good questions. Yeah, uh, I tried to make the point Sunday that there's a lot of humility and service and suffering in our popular suburban culture that is really building our kingdom more than it's building God's kingdom. And the only thing I can say, think to say there is uh, back to the, let's bounce it off others. Um, you know, I, I know people in our congregation you say, who have worked with their friends and family say, I've gotten this huge promotion opportunity. It's going to double my money. Is this what the Lord has for me? Is this, am I drawn into this promotion because it's going to, it's going to give me a world of influence and a lot of money and opportunity, or is the Lord calling me into this? 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually thought you did a really good job of talking about a, like a fear of not bettering ourselves because then we may not be the potential that we need to be. Mm-hmm. can't remember how you worded oh, towards it. Towards the end of the sermon, yeah. I, yeah. I talked about a lot of people put the brakes on when they hear self-denial uh, because our popular culture really tries to build up self. Uh, self-esteem is the notion of uh, thinking better of yourself. And so it's hard for Christians today to say, I'm supposed to deny myself. Well, what part of myself am I supposed to deny? Well, in biblical self-denial, it's, it's always the most fulfilling experience. Um, we think of self-denial and death to our sinful appetites as going to and it's going to crucify, it feels like crucifixion, crucify our flesh, as it's, we're never going to become fully us. Mm-hmm. But the only way, biblically, that we'll become fully us, all that God, our creator, intended is through this process of cross-carrying and self-denial. And so I think it's important for people to sit with one another and ask, I've got this opportunity, or I'm, I'm living my life in this fashion. I mean, we have people in our congregation that will sit with one another and talk about how much they're giving away. Am I giving enough away? Mm-hmm. Um, I've known people that sit and, you know, my car is this many years old. Um, I'd like a new car. Do you think it's selfish to go get another car? When you consider my lifestyle and how I'm living, am I Am I earning and saving and giving enough away? I had a, a man once ask me, how much is enough for retirement? And I just, I thought that is a, a Christocentric question. I know this person well. And they, they wanted, they didn't want to, to line their pockets for retirement in a way that didn't serve Christ because this person's keenly aware of opportunities that they could give to. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, he wasn't asking it because I'm a financial advisor, I'm actually not good with money. He was asking it theologically, how much is enough for retirement? And I didn't have an answer for him, but simply told him, you've got to ask those who are closest to you and and know your wealth, your position about those. So discerning, again, takes time. Um, But there's a lot of the virtues of humility and suffering and sacrifice, popular culture embraces those virtues because they see them as a way to advance their personal goals. And Christ is about us advancing his kingdom. And so in the passage from Sunday, I I said there were, in Christ's life, he humbled himself, he took the nature of a servant, he became obedient to God, and suffered even to death on a cross. And there were three outcomes. He was exalted. Others received salvation through faith in him, and he brought glory to the Father. And so my activities, when they're kingdom-focused, have those same outcomes. That's how we know. And we need to be asking our friends, do you see my life producing these kingdom outcomes? Mm -hmm. That's good. All right, let's, um, let's go to question number four. What does putting the sinful nature to death entail? Pain. Uh, I, and I quoted this in first service and did not quote it in second. And so in first service, I read uh, Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then there's a little laundry list of things that belong to our earthly nature that Paul lists, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. 
So we're to put that to death. Uh, another place in, in another book, Galatians, he says, crucify the, uh, your sinful passions and desires. So this is Paul building on this imagery of carrying your cross. So what does putting the sinful nature to death look like or entail? It entails pain. It, it, it entails saying no to longings. It, in, it, it entails getting rid. Paul, Paul in Colossians 3 verse, um, uh, verse 8, Now rid, you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. And so his lists are never exhaustive when he gives a laundry list. Yeah. They're just a smattering. And so rid yourself. There's this active shutting out of my life, the things that are fleshly, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed. You could put in there whatever your favorite sin is, gossip. Whatever you're tempted the most with. It's an active... Uh, transforming of your mind, looking at the world differently, and shutting out or putting away. I see a lot of Christians right now, um, I'm going to bring this up, I can't believe I'm going to bring this up, um, canceling their Netflix subscription yeah. Yeah. because of some of the, the movies that Netflix is producing they see as, um, well, inappropriate, too erotic, and so, involving children. Yeah, well, yeah, right. yeah. So I think that that is, high, I think it's highly likely that that is a getting rid of, just as Paul says in Colossians, get rid, um, what's he say? Rid yourselves, therefore, of all such things, anger, rage, malice, filthy language from your lips, slander. And so putting to death, denying yourself, Putting to death the sinful nature is, is an active posture of saying no to temptation. Uh, it's an act of getting rid of. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, let's go on to the final question, and this is something that I think naturally arises as you talk about this, because there's, and especially as you talk about this because of what we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, I think, actually, I mentioned something about... Um, Oh, I think I did on the online service, talked about the invitation to follow Jesus and his yoke is, is easy. Yeah. yeah and his so, burden is light. so, so yeah. as we talk about, you know, what is entailed in carrying your cross, denying yourself, it sounds, it sounds really heavy. Yeah. In fact, I would use that word like yeah, this sure. is heavy stuff. Right. But then you get to this other part of scripture where Jesus is saying, man, my, now this is light. My burden is light. My my yoke is easy, right? Like, mm. So, um, how do we balance Jesus's call to carry our cross daily with His invitation to carry the easy yoke and light burden of following after Him? We always fall short of carrying our cross in a manner worthy of Jesus, and can easily be consumed by guilt and shame, or by trying to earn our salvation through being a better cross carrier. How do we rest in Christ's love for us and carry the cross? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, fairly simplistically, and I don't, we're not saved by cross-carrying, but for cross-carrying. We're, we carry our cross not to be saved, but because Jesus has saved us or is saving us is another way to say we're so convinced of who Christ is that we say no to, we deny self. 
and we actively <laughs> rid ourselves of sinful attitudes and actions, and we work really hard at putting things to death. Um, it's interesting about sinful attitudes and actions. You will either put them to death or they will put you to death. We, we know the wages of sin is death, right? And so it, when we indulge sin, it brings death into our lives. So Christians are the ones who know that, that they need to take aim at their sinful attitudes and actions because they're, the, you will either put them to death or they will put us to death. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll bring death into our lives. So, I, you know, I, I totally get the desire to understand, well, which is it? Is it carry your cross and move towards death or is it an invitation uh, to come to me, all you who, who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn yeah, from I mean, me. How do you explain it to someone who is investigating the faith and who might be seeking and might be really close. Mm. Um, how do you encourage them by saying both of these things, which are both true? Yeah. So remember the invitation of Christ is come to me, you who are weary mm -hmm. and burdened. So the people that are ripe for the gospel of the cross are those who see the exhaustion mm. and the death, the burden that's brought by sin. It's really hard to convince somebody of their need for the gospel when they're not weary and burdened. And so the exchange of yokes, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble of heart, you'll find rest for your souls. The rest, although we're carrying a cross, the rest is from the weariness and burden brought by giving our lives to sinful activities. Yeah. And his yoke is easy. His burden is light, Christ says. It's not no yoke. There is a yoke. A yoke is a teaching that calls us to activity. So the first, don't get lost on the words here. The first century context here, picture in your mind's eye the yoke that they'd lay over an oxen so mm -hmm. that he could pull a load. Well, teachers, rabbis were to thought to have yokes. They're putting a teaching on our shoulders that we're to carry and actively engage with. Jesus describes his yoke as easy. His burden is light. It, but it's not no yoke. It, there is a burden. Right. Uh, it's a light burden. And it's, it's infinitely more light than self-interest, self-indulgence, narcissism, and sinful indulgence. Right. The, the lie is that it, it, it feels, uh, it, it, from, from the outside, it looks like it's, it's lighter. It looks like you don't have a care in the world. You, there's just Oh, sin. Just sin. You're right. Like open borders. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. Right. You have no master. You, you, it's a complete lie. It is a complete lie. When you lie. are in that world, which right. I still remember well, uh, because I became a Christian later in life, and so when I think about what my life was like. And all that you indulged in. And all that I indulged in. And it felt like. Did it make you weary? It seemed like freedom, ultimate freedom my own master. And in fact, I was, you know, a rat in a cage, mm -hmm. like a small cage. Yeah. Just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. It, it's weary. It's maddening. It's burdensome. It is. Yeah. And that at some point you, in that downward spiral, you will crash. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not feeling it in the moment, you feel like you're the king of the world and whatever. 
at some point you hit rock bottom and you do crash and then by you God's realize grace. Mm-hmm. by God's grace. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, right. hopefully this right. happens. Right. Actually, right. I should say. Yes. R- rightly. When he's calling you, right. this is where you, you look up from the bottom and you say, I'll take that. I'll take the yoke of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll because say no to self because saying yes to self has not served me well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the grace of God. Good call on that. But yeah, man, that, then you, then when you look back, you do realize how, that's why I say we will either put the sin in our lives to death or it will put us to death. Mm. Yeah. When I'm looking at this and if, if we're saved, not by cross carrying, but for cross carrying, that makes me think of the fruits of the spirit are going to be coming into play because we're ultimately walking in God's way and the burdens that we're carrying, um, are going to have a kingdom benefit and he's going to be glorified because of it. And he also promises us this peace that passes understanding mm-hmm. within it. So say it's a chronic illness or something. I don't know. I, I, I haven't experienced that, but, but some of the struggles that I have experienced, God gives you this peace that you can't really explain within it. Yeah. So that's kind of what it makes me think of that difference. His, his burden, his yoke is light because he gives you a peace that doesn't make yep. sense in light of the circumstances. Yeah. Like the example you brought up, uh, the woman, the paraplegic. Oh, yeah. yeah John yeah. Erickson. A perfect mm-hmm. example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she had seasons that were not easy. I'm sure. You know, yeah. really. She had her friends bringing her vodka mm-hmm. or scotch or something. And it was for a time she really got lost in in her in it in it all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if the question asker here says, I can easily be consumed by guilt and shame or by trying to earn my salvation, man, I would, when I experience that, when I lapse into trying to merit God's favor, Mm -hmm. I start talking to him about it. Mm -hmm. God, I feel like I'm doing this so that you'll love me. Mm -hmm. Lord, remind me Mm -hmm. that I'm doing this because you love me. Mm -hmm. Not so that you love me, but because you've already shown your love towards me in Christ. Mm And I just think it's really important to dialogue with God about, because we, we lapse all the time in and out of good motives. I can run the race of faith really good for a while, mm-hmm. a day, a couple days, mm-hmm. and my motives are, are aligned with the Holy Spirit. And then I can, I can lapse into really poor motives, trying to impress God, uh, show him I'm worthy of something, or prove that I'm ready, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I can lapse into guilt and shame or fear, any number of motives. And so we're seldom, we seldom have pure motives. I just think it's really important uh, to talk with the Lord about the, the burdens that we are feeling. And if, if we do, if, so. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. But if you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader talks within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us, and thank you listeners for tuning in to the next level. Boom!
prophecy. 